Let's see. We're going to get the call here. We're getting the right call. That's all that matters. After review, good goal. Good goal. After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands. We got a goal. How's it going, Rangers and overall hockey fans? Thank you guys so much for watching. This is and listening wherever you get your podcast. This is Rangers Review. We are at episode 50 now, I believe. The big 5-0. I can't believe we've already hit 50 episodes since we started over the past year or so. Um, but we have a big episode today, and this is something that, again, we haven't recorded in a while, and that's why this is a pre-recording. Normally, we normally go live each week or so. I'm going to recap the past week of games for the Rangers, but we did a pre-recording this time, given our current schedules and statuses. And yeah, a lot has happened since the last time that we talked, Stephen. So I'm excited again. This one, this is very much going to be a very heavy Statboy Stephen esque type episode. It usually is because Statboy is again, like his name, going to be giving us all the stats and all the further information than what I normally give you guys as I share my input on all things New York Rangers. But Stephen's been at the majority of the games for the Rangers, at least over their past four. He's been at three over the past four. So we're going to briefly touch on the games before that, including the games against. Winnipeg and the Devils, because again, we haven't talked in a couple of weeks. Steven has been in the States. If you guys don't know, he is uh, currently living in Ireland. So he's not going to be in the U.S. constantly. And when he is, he's obviously going to make the most of it. And he definitely did during this trip as he's currently still here. So very, very excited to get into it again. We'll be breaking down these past numerous games for the Rangers. Also getting into, of course, the big news, which is, yes, that the New York Rangers did make a trade. And it looks like it'll be the first of multiple to come, that being in Frank Vitrano. From the Florida Panthers, we'll be sharing our in-depth analysis on that, what it means for the Rangers going forward and their upcoming schedule. And yeah, just a lot to get into. I'm very excited. It's been a while, so I'm very much looking forward to getting into this. But Steven, how are you doing today, buddy? Doing well. Um, yeah, it's been a crazy two weeks for me. Um, sorry about the bad lighting. Sorry about the weird environment. But, you know, I'm in my fiance's room right now recording, uh, you know, very hastily set up. Uh, no uh, worries. The, the uh, podcast listeners, don't, it's not like it matters to them, especially. <laughs> that is true. That is true. But uh, no, I mean, uh, it's been a great, it's been a great trip. You know, I um, spent some days in St. Paul, spent some days in St. Louis, uh, then drove to Chicago for the weekend. Um, flew back on Saturday, the day the Rangers played the Dallas Stars. Uh, so watched that game back, back in New York on TV again. Uh, then attended the Anaheim Ducks game. Uh, yeah, and couple more days i fly back on monday which is in hindsight probably a really big mess up by myself because i'm going to be on the plane during trade deadline but uh yeah it's, it's, it's kind of an important day for us is, fans i mean I, when steven steven when you told me that what was it, yesterday the day before when we were texting i was like this is our luck because it was so funny because it reminded me of last season um, I was at city field for a Mets game and that I believe is when the Rangers fired David Quinn or pardon me. It wasn't David Quinn. There was some type of news that was transpiring. Maybe it was David Quinn. I could be wrong. I think it was the coaching news, but it, it was just funny. It was like with our luck, of course, every single time that something of significance happens more often than not, we can't just jump on it live yeah. and talk about it right away. But regardless of anything does happen on the trade deadline, Steven and I will discuss it as soon as we possibly can. Uh, the Rangers have already started the mo their moves, which is definitely awesome. I love that move for them. Um, but again, we'll, we'll be deep diving it all. And a lot of things have been happening in the sports world, uh, not just for the Rangers, 
for hockey, but obviously NFL for agency has begun. And there's been endless trades and signings in the baseball world, which is what I cover mostly for my New York Mets channel. So there's just been a lot of hecticness as of late, for sure. And I know that you've definitely been enjoying it, especially with the games that you've been going to for the Rangers. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I did a little bit of baseball, uh, you know, tourism stuff when I was in St. Louis. I went to Bush Stadium. Uh, I said, of course, you know, I sent you some pictures while I was there. And uh, I think an hour after we visited the stadium, the uh, the baseball uh, lockout was lifted. So you're welcome. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. <laughs> uh, no, I've, I've only been to one baseball game in my life. Uh, it was Yank, a, a Yankee game when they played. What did they play? I don't even remember who they played. I just remember they won because they won the division that night. Um, oh, okay, fair. I don't know who they played, but you know that's the only baseball game I've ever been to. It was in 2019. Um, so yeah, uh, seeing Bush Stadium was nice. You know, it's um, they have this little baseball village next next to it. A uh, really nice area, and, and yeah, um, it was it was part of a fun trip to St. Louis with the you know the Gateway Arch and watching the Rangers. So. Yeah, overall, really cool trip. Um, but yeah, let's let's dive into the game. So uh, before I do the breakdown, uh, the the first two games, I'll do a quick recap, no, no longer than thirty seconds, uh, and then I'll go. I'll dive a little bit deeper into the games that I actually attended. Sounds uh, good. All right, so let's get started then. So I, the first game after we recorded was, of course, the game at home against the Devils. Um, I don't know if people remember because it is like two weeks ago already. But, yeah, right. Uh, it feels like it was a light year ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but in my last, in the last game before my flight, the uh, the Rangers beat the Devils three one. Zibanejad, Heedle, and Kreider for the Rangers, and Hishier got the only goal for the Devils. That was Kreider's thirty sixth of the season. Um, and yeah, good win. You know, just one of those wins that you really need, uh, especially against a, a you know a, a bottom team in the division. Um, and then, of course, the, they played uh, their first of four road games in Winnipeg against the Jets. Uh, another good win, a 4-1 win. Uh, goals Great by win. Goudreau, Truba, and Kreider had two in this one. Uh, one on the power play, which I'll get into after I do the final recap where I go over his goal numbers and power play goal numbers. Uh, Nick Ehlers got the one for uh, Winnipeg. So 4-1 win in in uh winnipeg and then they go south and this was the first game i attended the one in minnesota yes yeah, um, before you go into them it was just funny because it was like my goodness gracious after that game in the minnesota my my dad was saying to me you know steven needs to pump down on going to these games and then we have st louis and then we know what transpires in st louis thankfully you redeem yourself in the last game for the rangers that you were in attendance for but yes there was there was definitely some uh a sense of bad luck and i know that far too well going to plenty sports I, myself but uh, go ahead. i've been asked by fans to no longer attend road games because yeah. my record is atrocious <laughs> <laughs> i've seen the rangers lose 6-3 in tampa 5-1 in calgary now 5-2 in minnesota and 6-2 in st louis you you just you just got to stay at msg let, let, uh, yeah yeah that. the home games i'm 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 pretty good you know the home games mm -hmm. I haven't seen the Rangers. I've only seen the Rangers lose once at MSG, and that was the 25th anniversary game against the Hurricanes. Oh wow! Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I have a much better record at home. Um, the road games: uh, Nashville two one, uh, Arizona, which was two one in 2018, and the Winter Classic, which was technically a road game. Yeah, that's Those true. Only only three road games where I saw the Rangers come away with a win. So 
Um, but you know, the Rangers get get those two wins against the Devils and the and the Jets, and then they go south. They play a Minnesota Wild team uh, that at the time had a o uh, had a two eight and o record in their last ten, losing eight out of your last ten games. Um, for a team that wants to make the playoffs, that wants to actually make something happen, they want to make some noise this year. Um, I had a feeling they were going to come out strong, and and it showed, you know. Um, and looking at that team, you know, I was sitting close to the eyes, looking at the matchups. We always talk about size, you know, and how 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 the Rangers really added size last summer, and now some fans think we're invincible because size is everything. And this is one of the good points, you know. Uh, Jared Spurgeon, I think, is five ten. Yep, he is. He is smaller than Nils Lundqvist, Zach Jones, and Adam Fox. But man, he was he was out there. He was good out there. And then you have Kaprizov, and then you have Zuccarello, and it's just a team that that doesn't have the size. It's, it kind of reminds me of the Rangers last season, in in many ways. But you know, uh, the Minnesota Wild come out really strong. Uh, Hartman with his 23rd of the season opens the scoring after 10 minutes. And then Joel Erickson Eck, who's probably on one of the best contracts in the league right now. He yeah, signed he's, for- he's he's criminally underrated, as four, are plenty of players I, there in Minnesota. I think 4.5 million for eight years. Such a great two-way player. That's yeah, that's that's a steal. Uh but Kaprizov assisted on the Hartman goal. Erickson Eck assisted by Marcus Felino and Jordan Greenway. And you go into intermission down two goals, and you're like, ah. What's going to happen next? And then, you know, the second period, they come out strong. You know, Dryden Hunt gets his fourth of the season. You, and If Dryden Hunt is going to stay with the Rangers at all, if he's going to have any production, it's because of you. Like, he might as well just hire you as, like, an everyday assistant or something. I was going to say, because um, um, in in I've the Rangers have played 11 games with me in the country this season. And in those 11 games, Dryden Hunt has four goals and four assists. He has eight points in, in those 11 games. Um, <laughs> that's absurd. That's that's pretty crazy. And let me just quickly look up his total numbers and I can calculate how he plays when I'm not in the country. Um, so in 44 games, he has six points when I'm not in the country. Six really? points in 44 games. Oh, my when God. I'm not in the that's that. I mean, again, I think you are the you're the answer for Dryden yeah. Hunt. You were quite literally the answer. I wish it was the answer for the rest of the team, though. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, Dryden Hunt gets his fourth of the season, assisted by Stroh and Panarin. And then Zibanejad ties it shorthanded. And you're like, okay, we're back in this. You know, we can win this now. And then they can see the power play go on the same power play. Now, funny story. Uh, Steve Velikett actually asked on the post-game show how often that happened. And I didn't have time to look it up because, you know, I was flying to St. Louis the next morning. But by the time I got to St. Louis, he hadn't gotten his answer yet. So I decided to dive into it a little bit. And uh, if I remember correctly, 127 uh, shorthanded goals this season. Uh, Eight of those were followed up by a power play goal on the same power play, which is roughly 6.2% of the time. Um, So it's rare, but not as rare as you might think it is. Okay. Um, There's one game, I think it was in December, the Tampa Bay Lightning and LA Kings both did it in the same game. They both gave up a shorthanded goal. Of they both scored a shorthanded goal before scoring a power play goal on the same power play in the same game. That's bizarre. You don't see that. That, often. that is that is bizarre. Yeah. Um, I'd need a lot of time to research this going back a few years to see when the last time was that that happened. 
Uh, I'm not going to waste my time on that, but it's <laughs> not, not Rangers related. But yeah, 6.2% of the time this season when a shorthanded goal was scored, it's followed up by a power play goal on the same power play. Um, so Kevin Fiala on the power play gets them back in the lead, assisted by Boldy and Felino. And then Felino himself, uh, 3.9 for him, night for him, gets the goal, assisted by Dumba and Brodine. And then Kevin Fiala with his second, assisted by Zuccarello, making it 5-2. Um, overall, this was the most frustrating game out of the two uh, that the Rangers lost on my road trip. Simply because they had a chance. They were in this. You know, um, you come back from being down 2-2 and, and you're like, okay, just kill this penalty and and... And we can actually maybe win this game. But the Minnesota Wild, they were all over us. Um, I don't think there was necessarily a lack of effort in this game as much as there was in the next game, which we'll get into. Um, I think the Minnesota Wild just, they were just, they just had some bounces going their way, obviously. But, you know, they, they, they scored at the right moments. They, they, they do score at the right moments. They, and they, uh, they usually scored after we missed a big chance. And, and those momentum shifts are huge. Um, so, unfortunately, we lost that game. Uh, before uh, we was, head into the next oh, one. Hold on. I, hold I just, on. Hold on. Okay. I wasn't done. No. My mistake. What also really uh, plays into this, and this is a recurring theme. We've discussed this before. The Rangers struggle when they don't get power play opportunities. Yes. There was only one power play in this entire game, and it was on a Patrick Nemeth trip. And that was the power play that resulted in both the shorthanded and the power play goal. Mm -hmm. So the Rangers didn't get any power play opportunities. And that really hurts them. And teams, since the All-Star break, I think something clicked with teams. Or, I don't know, maybe 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 coaches talk to each other. Maybe players talk to each other. But there was there's something different about the teams playing the Rangers after the All-Star break. They're very well disciplined. And when they are, it's really hard for this team, this Rangers team, to get into their groove. I don't think that just has to do with the Rangers. I think that has to do with most clubs, right? Because when when we were talking heading into the All-Star All break, our always my concern is how are the Rangers going to look, especially if they had a strong first half? Because naturally you see collapses all the time and you see drastic adjustments depending on how teams were operating uh, before going into the all-star game. So you can tell, especially not just with the wild, but other clubs that won, they're realizing exactly what the Rangers main focus, you know, uh, what are their main successes are. And that is on special teams, you know, not just on the PK, but of course that power play and taking away that as much as possible. They're, they're quickly realizing, I think from the all-star game out and on. And that doesn't just go for the Rangers though. That goes, I've seen that for many other teams already post all-star break where their adjustments, you can tell that there was something that transpired, you know, a different mindset going into the second half. Now, how drastic that varies on the team, of course, but, and to really just wrap things up on Minnesota again, this was a game where again, the second time the Rangers lost to Minnesota this year. First time was unfortunately on Henrik Lundqvist's retirement night. And, They've just had their upper hand. They've been the better team in this one. Again, the Rangers had their chances, and the Rangers have been comeback kings. You know, they have been the team that has been able to overcome adversity. Basically, one of the best in in all of the NHL this year. You know, the amount of games that they were down to come back has been tremendous. But it's not always going to work for you, especially when you're facing a team like Minnesota that is having the year they're having, and they, their chemistry is just off the charts. That they, mm -hmm. they're doing things this year with their head coach really over the past year and a half that has genuinely surprised me to a certain extent. And of course, led by Kaprizov and getting, you know, career performances by the likes of Ryan Hart and you know, the role players, of course, and Zach uh, Parmi and Zuccarello and others. They just, they have a balance to them that is awfully appealing that I think has gone under the radar 
throughout mm-hmm. the entire NHL season. Yeah, there's also an, a sense of urgency with this team because this is this is a, this is an all or nothing year for them. Yep. Because next year they're going to have to deal with those ridiculous cap penalties on the uh, Suter and Parisi buyouts. Um. So this this is their year. You know they have to do something this year. And coming into the game, having lost eight of your last ten, yeah, uh, you play you play at home against against an original six team that always gets the blood flowing a little bit. Yeah, you know, they came out strong and they fully deserve the win. Uh, you know, Georgiev did not have a bad game. I'm, I'm just going to say it because I know Ranger fans are ready to to blame him for this loss. But no, you know, he he, he made 23 saves on 28 shots. Uh, Talbot made 23 saves as well, but he only faced 25. It's not like the, the goals were all on Georgiev. Yeah, the, the, there was, I think, one or two fluky moments by him, but. You know, he played a decent game. It's it's more the team in front of him that just wasn't ready for the storm that that the Minnesota Wild uh, threw at them. Yeah, um, and the, and the same can be said, even worse for that matter, when they go into St. Louis. Yeah, yeah, and that was the next game. And you yep. know, uh, I I got me and my fiance great seats behind the bench. You know, we we were able to we we were so close we could read Gerard Gallant's notes on the bench. That's awesome. Um. And you know, it was just it was great to be so close to the action and, and get to see players respond as they come to the bench after a bad shift or after a good shift. Um, but this game, they were they were just never in it. Unlike the Minnesota Wild game, you know, they came back from being down two nothing. This game, they can see three goals in like two two minutes and forty seconds. Um, it's Robert Thomas first from Cairo Pareko. Then Barbashev from Saad and Krug, and then Thomas again from Cairo and Tarasenko. And within two and a half minutes, you're down three goals. And and it didn't look like the Rangers were going to recover. But you know, at the end of the period, Ryan Strom on the power play gets us back in it, which this was the highlight of, of my trip hockey-wise for me, because that was Igor Shesturkin's first ever NHL point. And it's crazy that it, it feels like he would have had one sooner, right? With how yeah. amazing he is with his puck yeah. handling. I'm like, it's about time. It, it felt long overdue. It really did. The thing is, on the power play, the Rangers tend to pass excessively before they get a shot on that. So the most likely scenario where a goalie gets an assist is if it's on the power play, if he uh, stops the puck behind his net or if he passes it to a defenseman. And then you score within one pass. That's the only way you're gonna you're gonna get an assist as a goalie, or the most the most uh, you know the most likely way. Uh, and that happened in this case. You know, Adam Fox carried it up the ice, uh, passed it to Strom. Strom Strom potted it. Going into first intermission, down three one. You're like, okay, you know, we're down two goals, but we've been here before. We were down against Minnesota Wild. We can get back. And then. You know, all the talk they had in the locker room is just you can throw it in the trash when 15 seconds in, Ryan O'Reilly scores, makes it 4-1, and Igor Shashurkin is pulled. And that hurt because I don't think Shashurkin played bad enough to warrant him being pulled. I think it, I think it was more so just because of how the Rangers were performing. You know, we've seen that plenty of times where yeah. even if the goaltender isn't completely at fault, it's like, all right, we just need to basically shake something up here, even even if it isn't all Igor. I know, I know, but it's if he if he if he wanted to do that, he should have done it after the third goal by Robert Thomas in the first period. That's fair. 
because you give up three goals in two and a half minutes. Yeah, that's the point where you pull the goalie to send to send a sure. message. Agreed. If your point, if your point for goal, pulling the goalie is to send a message, that's when you do it. If you want to pull the goalie because the goalie's not in the game, I'm fine with that too. But that's just not what it felt like with with Igor Shostyorkin that night. But you know, Ryan O'Reilly makes it four one, assisted by Shen and Perron. And from there on out, the Rangers just never got back into it. Uh, they scored twice in thirty five in, in in thirty five or thirty eight seconds. Yes, Jake, Jake Wallman, He's... who probably a lot of Ranger fans have never heard of, uh, by Robert Bertuzzo and Ryan O'Reilly, and then David Perron with his fourteenth of the season by Scandella and Braden Shen. And yeah, the only highlight after that was the power play goal by Keandre Miller. You know, um, Fox with a second assist of the game. Uh, bad game by Fox, but still two assists. So he keeps, you know, keeps the points coming in. Uh, but overall, it was just, it was just not a good game. And this was the frustrating one because this was the game where they never had a chance. Yeah, against the Minnesota Wild, I can, I can at least say they were in it. This game, they never had a chance. They, they. I don't know. I, the less I say about this, the better. It was just, it was such a frustrating game to watch. Um, Shashjorkin, 13 saves on 17 shots. Uh, Georgiev, 16 saves on 18 shots. I mean, yeah, it's just nothing to write home about. The real hero of the game for me was Vili Husso, though. Um, because the Rangers did get good scoring chances. Uh, but Husso um, stopped, stopped most of them. Um, and I don't want to say that they were all great saves. You know, they, sometimes they were just weak shots, but he was still there to, to make those saves. He was the hero for the St. Louis Blues. And the Blues as well, I think the Blues came into this game with on a four-game losing streak. So in, in, in back-to-back games, you're playing an opponent that really wants to come out and prove something to their, to their fan base. And unfortunately, the Rangers were on the receiving end of this. Um, yeah. Just an ugly, ugly loss. You know, 6-2. Did not expect that at all. But, yeah, uh, <clears throat> still a good experience for me, you know. Uh, I got to see St. Louis. Um, it's a nice city. Quiet, you know. Uh, the Gateway Arch is definitely worth it if you're ever in St. Louis. You know, there's a little cable car that goes all the way up. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, you know, it was, it was still a fun trip. Um, we, we spent the weekend in Chicago after that. We didn't go to Dallas for the game. Thank God, so the Rangers could win that one. Uh, <laughs> exactly. We decided to rent a car and drive up to Chicago. My fiance loves Chicago. She wanted me to show. She wanted to take me to Chicago. Uh, we saw the St. Patrick's Day parade. We had some deep dish pizza, which I know people shit on deep dish pizza, but it's kind of delicious. Um, I, I, I'm not going to say it's better than New York pizza because it's just. Two I, different I think. Styles. I think that. I think that's where the root of uh, you know, quote unquote, shitting. Look, on the pizza coming from, you know what I mean? Because everyone wants to compare who has the best pizza out there, right? So yeah, that, that's so why. to me, to me, to me, neither New York pizza nor Chicago pizza are real pizza. Yeah, because you're used to actually. I'm used like, to. I, I live in Europe. Or, yeah, European they, pizza. Yes. Well, what they serve in Europe is is pizza napolitano. Now it's just like Italians that live all over Europe. They 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 have their Italian restaurants. And and it hasn't turned into its own identity like Chicago style or New York style. It hasn't or, been know. Americanized. That's yeah, fine. yeah. Which not a bad thing. It's just different. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but the deep dish pizza was great. Um, 
I went to uh, the observation deck where you have the tilt. Now, if people are afraid of heights, this is not for you. But yeah, I'm uh, not even going to consider the idea. You lean forward. <laughs> you lean forward, and then the glass literally tilts like this. Yeah. Yeah, and no. then you look down. It's it's amazing if you're not afraid of heights. Um, but if if you're into that kind of stuff, if you're in Chicago, go go to go there. It's 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 awesome. Um, but yeah, the Rangers uh, it didn't go to Chicago. They went to Dallas, um, and they had to redeem themselves. But again, you know, starting off slow. How many how many times, Tyler, have we talked about the Rangers conceding a goal in the first minute this season? quite a bit i don't think yeah. we've actually talked about it enough if i'm being honest with you no, i feel like we missed the opportunities to really I, execute it more than what we have no no i, th I think we, i think we discussed it more than enough <laughs> but it keeps happening you know yeah um, you're not wrong so the game in dallas sl lindell first first minute of the game uh puts dallas on the board tyler sagan gives them a two-goal lead after five minutes and uh you know i thought okay let's see what happens happens and and i know some tv you know they went to do other things and and then the rangers come out flying and they score four goals in five minutes yeah and it, and it was the, nice the, to see for once especially over these that, past two games the rangers actually have being, that hot streak over a short period of time it's, it's nice to be on it's nice to be on the other side of it yep for once yeah uh, greg mckeg by keandre miller and julian gauthier uh deflection by greg mckeg on a miller shot gets us back in the game and then Zibanejad on the power play by Strom and Panarin. And Panarin's name is going to come up five times in this, by the way. So yeah. get ready. <laughs> what a beauty. So good. Um, Adam Fox with his eighth goal of the season, assisted by Truba and Panarin. Then Panarin scoring, assisted by uh, Miller and Hunt. And then you go into first intermission up 4-2, four, up which is great. And when you're down two goals after five minutes, going into the first intermission up 4-2, Oh, that's all you can ask for. Uh, second period on the power play, Jason Robertson, who is a very underrated young player. Oh, my I mean, goodness. I mean, I think he may be one of, if not the most underrated player in the league. The, Quite he, literally. He, <laughs> he, he should have won the Calder last season if it wasn't for Kaprizov. Um, He's been he scored, scored his 30th of the season. Crazy. 30 goals. Assisted by Klingberg and Hintz. Um, and then... I cannot believe it happened the for a second time this season. Himself, the Patrick, SOB. Patrick Nemeth. Patrick Nemeth gets his second goal of the season. And it was a really good goal. You know, he 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 willed that puck into the net. You know, he yep. pushed it in legally. Um, another assist by Artemi Panarin. And this is a weird one because he wasn't even on the ice for it. That's true. So, he he just so, he just got the secondary assist all. He no, it was primary assist. He oh, got the primary, primary assist yeah, on the goal, but but not the plus because he was already off the ice. Um, so you go into second second intermission up five uh, five three, and then Joe Pavelski, you know, gets you back in it, and then you know Goudreau scores, beautiful snipe assisted by Heedle, and then with with a couple of minutes to go, they pull their goalie, and you know it's going to happen. You know, we all know it. We're all waiting for it. We're waiting for it to happen. And Igor Shesturkin goes for it, and he whiffs on it. it he's good. He he's so due. I mean, he is, again, he this is, is the fact he, that he just got his first point the game prior. He is, he, so he is, he's he's going to get one. Goal. He's going to get one before the end of the season. I yeah. I truly believe it. 
But we still get the empty net goal. Ryan Strom assisted by Hunt and Panarin. That was Dryden Hunt's third assist of the game. That was Artemi Panarin's fifth point of the game. One goal, four assists for Artemi Panarin. A day after Larry Brooks wrote that we might need to be concerned about Panarin. So... If, it, if it's if it's Larry Brooks, I think you know what the outcome is going to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the last game uh, was the third game I attended at Madison Square Garden. Uh, it was great to be back. Um, I was I was sitting in a section with um, Amanda Kessel, actually. Oh, that's she awesome. Was, did, did, you like, get, did you talk to her at all? Uh, uh, yeah, for like a few seconds. You know, my okay. fiance uh, wanted to take a picture with her. And uh, and her brother was uh, was was talking to her, saying, "Hey, t- tell Chris Drury to trade for your brother." You know, yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it was good. It was a good game. Uh, Brodzinski with his first uh, of the season, a nice know, goal uh, too. Was uh, it, a it goal was, scorer's goal. It was a goal scorer's goal, and uh, maybe he's the answer for the second line until Kako is back. Who knows? Uh, Phil, uh, Philip Hedl and Braden Schneider with the assists. Uh, Comtois ties it up, assisted by Terry and Henrique. And then the second period, Zibanejad with what I consider to be the goal of the season for the Rangers so far. Yeah, it was, um, the Rangers it was are, are on a delayed call, six on five, and they just pass the puck around like they are the uh, like, like they are the you know the Russian five in the nineties. You know, it, it was unbelievable. Just pass, 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 and for once, this passing attitude actually helped because. The more you pass on a six on five, as long as you're successful in your passes, the more you pass on six on five, the more, you know, the the opponents are are chasing you and, and you're really starting to crack down on their structure. And then there was this beautiful pass, no look pass from Fox to Zibanejad and Zibanejad scores on a beautiful tight angle. And in the replay they showed they zoomed in on fox and you could see fox was looking at gibson when he passed to zibanejad who was next to the net and the moment that puck didn't go on net gibson knew it was it was it was it was done i mean i've watched that goal i think 25 times it wow was, you just keep running it over and over again it was like such a beauty though goal of the season a yeah. goal of the season for me easily um but you know it wasn't meant to be the Rangers give up a goal within two minutes, so the the lead didn't last long. Cam Fowler on the power play, uh, assisted by Adam Henrique, and then third period uh, looked bad. You know, uh, Derek Grant scores, uh, assisted by former Ranger Denny O'Regan. Uh, never played for the Rangers, but he was on the contract with us. Yes. Um, breakaway, um, you know, just bad play by Patrick Nemeth in the neutral zone. Um, Braden Schneider couldn't couldn't catch Grant and we're down three two, um, but then the God Himself, thirty <laughs> ninth of the season, Chris Kreider on the power play, assisted by Fox and Panarin, taking it to overtime, uh, where Adam Fox scores his ninth of the season, assisted by Panarin and Zibanejad, and it was just it was just a really nice overtime win. You know, it was it was a good game um, by the Rangers in some aspects. Uh, lacked a little bit of the of the defense we've seen, um, not the last two weeks, definitely, but the weeks before that. Uh, but I think the Rangers, after these last two games, you know, they're back in the win column. Yeah, hopefully they can build on this. The Rangers now thirty was it thirty nine seventeen and five? 
Uh, they are 38, 17, and 5. 38, 17, yeah, and they, 5. They, curr- they currently sit at 81 points, which is second in the Metro, and they're tied with Pittsburgh, of course, yep. in points. And, and uh, now that we're talking about Pittsburgh, I want to segue that into the trade we made yesterday, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, no, let's go. Let's go right ahead. I got a lot to say. I'm very happy. I know that most Ranger fans agree. And also, we apologize that we weren't able to get this news out sooner. Um, Obviously, we all know the story by now. But Frank Petrano, I've just I love this. First of all, I saw on Twitter. I didn't even know his connection with Jacob Truba. They must have had class together because a decade ago, Frank posted um on Twitter, you know, like having like a silent reading with Truba in the background, them smiling. So that their teammates again love to see that. But I have always been a Frank Vitrano fan, and I'm so happy he is a New York Ranger. Mm-hmm. I know you. I know you're gonna have plenty to say on him, but he's a speedy winner that can play at the center position. He can play any forward position for the most part, and he's definitely had some good years in Florida. And you can tell that as as Florida has become more of a powerhouse, especially this season. Yes, his role hasn't been to the same significance, but now he's coming into a more increased role with the Rangers. And I, I just think that this is kind of a match made in heaven. You do not lose anything in this deal. You give up that fourth round pick this year. This won't be the last move the Rangers make either, but th- this is exactly what you and I have been preaching for, right? Like we would love, there's no, I would love JT Miller. I would love the best players in the league. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but it's the point of, it's the repercussions of that, right? It's yeah. how much, you giving up it's how long are they actually going to be here and frank he's an rfa i think he's he's uh due 2.5 million this season and he's an rfa i'm pretty sure so I th- he's ufa but oh yeah. ufa pardon me yeah. um but th- this is still someone that very much has potential to mm-hmm. sign a new deal with the rangers and what they need th- this automatically gives the rangers winner depth far better than what they had he's already ahead of the dryden hunts and the julian gotes of the world so I'm really curious to see how he's going to be implemented. I have plenty more to say on him, but Steven, take it away. What was your initial reaction to this trade? Yeah, look, it's perfect trade. This is exactly what I wanted. I, the Rangers got a third round player for a fourth round, a third line player for a fourth round pick, uh, a fourth round where they had two picks and the Florida Panthers will get the later of the two picks. So they're not giving up anything. Of course, they got the fourth round pick uh, for um, Brett Howden, the yes. Winnipeg pick. Yep. Um, so this was the perfect, the perfect trade for the Rangers. You know, they needed to solidify the third line. Uh, they really had to do something. And the last thing I wanted was to give up a first round pick or a top prospect or, you know, but this is just perfect. Vetrano is that is a player in the mold of Adrian Kempe of the LA Kings that I've been, he, he's the one example I've been, I've been bringing up exactly the player we need. We need a player who skates well. But what really stands out uh, for me is, and this is partly because he's a, he's a bottom six player, but 85% of his points have been at even strength. And that's exactly what we need. Now, going into the playoffs, we are most likely going to play the Pittsburgh Penguins, right? Yes. Frank Vetrano, in his career against the Pittsburgh Penguins in 13 games, six goals, four assists for 10 points. So he's a little bit of a Penguins killer. I, I you, you, you have to wonder, and I'm glad you brought this up because, you know, when, when teams and the Rangers, when you do player evaluation and say, like, say the Rangers are envisioning exactly what they have in store, assumably come playoff time, mm-hmm. you have to wonder how much of a factor that may have won into things. Obviously, I mean, I, obviously I, he profiles well for the Rangers regardless, mm-hmm. but do you think that they thought about that at all with his production against Pittsburgh? 
it's it, it wouldn't be a main factor, but it could be a contributing factor. Yes, yeah, for sure. That's what I mean. A complement factor. If say yeah. if say they were debating between say Frank and maybe someone else that is you know f- from more out west or something like yeah. that that maybe has no experience against the metro or not mm-hmm. much. You yeah. know, that's something that can definitely stand out. So I'm glad. I'm very happy you brought that up because yeah, Vitrano 10, 10 points in what thirteen games you said against Pittsburgh. Yep. That, that's definitely that's definitely positive for a Rangers team that that's, that, they know that Pittsburgh is going to be a big problem for them. That's sexy for a fourth round pick. That, that is very sexy for a fourth round pick. And I think now, I think we still how many games do we still have left against the Penguins? Four or five? We in have the regular a regular season. We have a lot. We barely played them so far. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So so let's let's hope for the best. He is going to play tonight against the Islanders. I think. Yes. Um. But yeah, a couple of more things about Vetrano. Of course, played for uh, you know the U.S. at different age levels. Uh, was a teammate of Jacob Truba at a young age. Um, he is the fifth uh, UMass alum to play for the Rangers. Uh, Thomas Puck, Connor Allen, Michael Koska, and of course Zach Jones were yes. the first four. So Zach Jones and Frank Vetrano have that same background, um, and and he's a Boston guy, you know, and and. Are we really surprised that Chris Drury trades for a kid from Boston? No. And it's kind of funny how he's not just a Boston guy, but he started his career with the Bruins too. So, yeah. you know, they yeah. had him for a couple of years, then he got dealt. And he, he's been he's been beyond productive when he's been playing for Florida. Uh-huh. You know, his breakout season, of course, came in 2018, yeah. 2019, where he had those 39 goals, 24 mm-hmm. goals, 15 assists, and again, a more increased role. But Vitrano you know, is he's a he's very much a role player with speed and again mm-hmm. can execute five on five, which has been the biggest enemy for the, for the New York Rangers throughout the season. Yeah. It is, it is. And and that's where the Rangers needed helps. It was just the perfect trade for the Rangers, you know? And I said this before I compare this Rangers team to 2012 where they're carried by special teams and goaltending. The, the move the Rangers made at the deadline in 2012 was John Scott for a fifth round pick. Yeah. I remember that they, they didn't go all in, you know, they, I could say that I have made one or two more moves. Sure. But th- those were the type of moves I always expected. And look, the Toronto four fourth, it, it fits the mold of what I was hoping for. It fits the mold of what I was expecting. If I compare this team to 2012, just a great trade overall. I think there's going to be one or two more moves coming, but this is a really good benchmark for, for what we can expect as Ranger fans. Um, and for the Florida Panthers, this is something that that I highlighted earlier, right after the trade was made in a chat with a friend. The reason the price is low is because Florida was trying to get rid of salary because right. they wanted to make a separate move. If Frank Vetrano is on a selling team, he probably gets a second or a third round pick. Oh, absolutely. Because even, but, though, that, even though that Vetrano um, isn't necessarily known for being a a tremendous two-way player you have to think mm-hmm. of obviously teams you know to lesser uh to more of an extent than vitrano but the blake coleman's of the world at the time and same thing with barkley goudreau like if you're a team in a win now and there is a a hot market for that specific player that will help round out your team especially in the bottom six they go for a lot you can you can definitely you know max out their value but florida did this because mm-hmm. shortly after they acquired ben Chirot from montreal and i'm really happy that Ben Sherrod did not land with the Rangers. Um, he by no means is he an analytic stream. Um, I'm, I'm really happy we dodged a bullet with Canadian Patrick Nemeth. Yes. Yes, quite literally. So maybe maybe he's going to thrive, you know, with Florida. Because, yeah. again, Look, and, I, Bill and, Zito is a fantastic GM. I'm mm-hmm. I've loved basically every single decision yeah. he's made so far. Um, so I'm sure they'll utilize him properly. But, yeah, I'm glad and, that and, the Rangers and, didn't. 
and to give you an example of, of what I was trying to say with if if Vitrano was on a selling team, Kyle Yarncrook of the Seattle Kraken yeah. returned a second, third, and I think a sixth round pick. Yeah, I believe so. Um, that is the return that Vitrano would have gotten if he was on the Kraken, the Coyotes, the Devils, you know. But Florida wanted to trade him early. Florida had to get rid of him because they had a, sep- a second move they wanted to make. So to jump on that was a brilliant move by Chris Drury. And and this is a really good trade and a very underrated trade. I, I think Ranger fans are going to really love what, what Vetrano brings to this team because it is something we've been desperately lacking. You know, he brings that pace. He's he's also he's 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 a short player, but he's not uh, one that shies away from the gritty side of it. You know, overall, I think I think a really good addition to the team for for a minimum cost. A fourth round pick is not even a lottery ticket. A fourth round pick is a scratch off ticket. Let, let's put it in simple terms. The Rangers only needed to use a fourth round pick to acquire right now, as things currently stand, their second best right winner. They basically replaced Brett Howden. They traded Brett Howden for Frank Vetrano, technically. Yeah. But if the you look at the depth pick. that the Rangers have right now, again, yeah. Wakako's still out, unfortunately. And, um, and I think Vetrano has, has more points than our entire bottom six combined, with the exception of Barkley Goudreau. Yeah, Barkley's the only, but Barkley's played all over the place. Yeah, yeah. But if you look at Gauthier, Heedle, yep. Reeves, Rooney, McKegg, Vetrano stands out. Vetrano could even, uh, he's probably not going to, but he could even, you know, go to that second second line in Dryden Hunt's spot if needed. But I think this is a really solid move to, to really help that third line. That third line it has been atrocious. We've been talking about it for so many weeks, months even. The third line needs three new players. You, know, you need you need an entire third line um, because honestly, we've been playing with two fourth lines up to now. The Rangers um, have have been one of the better teams in the league this season. Eighty-one points in sixty games mm-hmm. with two lines. For being quite honest with basically, you, basically, yeah, yeah. So um, if they can get Kessel for that other fourth round pick, and maybe a center for a third round pick. Your your third line all of a sudden is a third line that can actually do something for you in the playoffs. It's not going to get you all the way to the cup, but it might get you to the second round. Maybe make you competitive in that second round. Um, and we all know how much how different of an animal playoffs are, right? So like yes. the Rangers very well can go into the playoffs, have a deep run, surprise everyone. They can mm-hmm. go in and get completely outmatched that we've seen. You know, going back to when they were in the play in. Um, you know, the uh, the bubble, I should say, against the Hurricanes. So what's next for the Rangers, though? Because we know that this is only the start. There's a there's a clear expectation that more moves are going to come. And whether or not that uh, Drury finds himself still wanting to add a defenseman, that is yet to be determined. We'll see if that transpires. Offensively, though, we know that they've been tagged in numerous guys, and we know that Phil Kessel has been such a hot topic just for the sake of what you will probably have to give up to acquire someone like him. But someone that I want to touch on with you briefly, someone that I know that reportedly the Rangers have shown interest in. I saw this from Elliot Freeman over the past day or so. The Rangers have shown interest in Alexander Radulov. And that's one where on the forefront, I'm not all that excited. I know that the I know that what you're getting, um, what you have to give up to land someone like him, surely is not going to be much because of how down of a year he has. Do I think he's still an upgrade over the likes of Gautier and Hunt? Yes, but 
I don't, I genuinely don't know how to feel about something like this, uh, other than just his experience having deep playoff experience, especially with Dallas. I mean, uh, you know, there's, there aren't too, too much positives I necessarily see out of the fact that you would just have to, you'd be able to buy him on the low. So, what's your thought on Radulov? Again, 18 points in 52 games a season for Dallas, but only three goals. I mean, is this, is this the kind of guy who's by no means, you know, a, a defensive stud? He's, 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 not a two-way player that uh from all that I know during his time, you know, especially like what's your what's your take on him? If I'm going if I'm going for a goal scorer whose scoring has dropped off a little bit, then just give me Phil Castle. Agreed. You know, uh, Rajilov, yeah, maybe 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 three years ago. Three years three just just to put things in into more context, three years ago, Rajilov in 2019-2020 had 34 points, 15 goals, and 19 assists. So yeah. Uh, I agree with you. Radulov was a better player than obviously than he is now. He's quite literally in the latter half of his career at 35 years of age. And mm-hmm. if you do a comparison here, and we have to keep in mind that Radulov, it's not like he's on a bad Dallas Stars team. No, they haven't been perfect by any stretch this season, but they they've definitely they've definitely had some good runs this year. At, versus Kessel, who's on the Arizona Coyotes. Let me put emphasis on the Arizona Coyotes. And still has 37 points in 60 games. He's basically a 40 game player and uh, 40 go, uh, 40 point player, and has yes six goals, 31 assists. But there's someone that I have a higher confidence in that could give me more offensive production on the wing. You know, I'm taking Phil Kessel in any any and every day of the week. A guy yeah. that won his cups with Pittsburgh, that has of course been a lethal goal scorer throughout his career. Yes, he's not to that level anymore, but who's not to say that what a a far better team in the New York Rangers that it wouldn't light a little bit of a fire under him. A guy that, again, you shouldn't have to give up too much for. Yeah. Yeah, look, and 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 there are options, you know. And aside from Sherrod, who I think is more an exception than the rule, uh, this, is a, this is a buyer's market. You know, the prices for rentals are relatively low. Josh Manson returns only a second and a prospect. Yeah. Um, if, if the Rangers really want to go for something and they want to make some noise in the playoffs... Humpus Lindholm, you know, if if Josh Manson can be traded for a second and a prospect, so can Lindholm. You know, I wouldn't rule it out. If Drury contacts Anaheim and says, I'll give you a second round pick and Matthew Robertson for Humpus Lindholm, all of a sudden your left side on defense looks a lot better because let's be honest, you know, Miller is only 22 years old. Lindgren has been a bit shaky the last couple of weeks. If you add Lindholm to this core, and, you know, second and a prospect is as high as I'm willing to go for a rental. I'm not talking blue chip, I'm not a B-level prospect, which I think Robertson is. Uh, that's as high as I'm willing to go for a rental. If you can get Humpus Lindholm for the left side of defense and then maybe add a guy like, you know, you're, you're really trying to solidify the third line here. So either Phil Kessel or maybe Chris Tierney. Chris Tierney seems like a so much like Chris Drury acquisition, in my in my opinion. Uh, maybe Nicholas Paul, maybe Sam Gagne. You know, you, you're not looking for stars here uh, in your forward core. You know, your top six is set. When Kako's back, your top six is set. What you're looking for is you're trying to solidify your bottom six. Um, and those pieces should be relatively easy to acquire even at the deadline. So it's going to be an interesting couple of days for, for Chris Drury. It's Thursday now. So we're, what, four days away from trade deadline? Yeah, we're only four days away, and it's been to this point anticlimactic. You know, we haven't seen anything drastic. And well, that's, 
a lot of times that that tends to be the case literally quite up to the deadline <clears throat> i do i genuinely hope not just for the rangers but for the angel as a whole we do see a lot of transactions because it makes for fun fun things yeah. to watch in in this mm-hmm. world like anything else yeah Look and and if when you look at when you look at the especially centers when you look at the uh, pending UFAs, it's mostly guys who are on contenders. You know, you have Kadri on on Colorado, you have Bergeron on Boston. Vinny Trocek is a player I would love to add to this team, honestly, but he's on the Carolina Hurricanes. He has forty points in fifty nine games. He's not going anywhere. Um, Malkin, who has twenty four points in twenty five games, he's on the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's not going anywhere. Um, so what you're left with, if you're looking for a center is guys like Nick Paul, maybe Jason Spezza, although why, why would he, why, why would the Maple Leafs trade Jason Spezza? Because he brings exactly what you need in the playoffs. Um, maybe a guy like Marcus Johansson on the Seattle Kraken, you know, versatile player can play all three positions. How has he been, has he been healthy this season? Uh, yeah, yeah, he, he, I think he battled an injury early on. He missed a couple of games, but he played okay. most of them. Cause um, yeah, Johansson has always been a talented player. He's just unfortunately been unbelievably injury riddled for a good oh, yeah, portion yeah, of yeah. his career. Johansson was a thorn in our side yeah, when what, he was on the, on the Capitals for years. Yeah. That, felt, uh, that feels like it was so long ago now. My goodness. Johansson Burakovsky was a nightmare third line on the Capitals, of that Capitals team when we were contenders. Um, yeah. But yeah, I would love to add Johansson to be honest. You know, um, and looking at his playoff records, uh, playoff record for a depth guy, Marcus Johansson is the perfect guy to target. Forty-one points in ninety-seven playoff games. That's, that's really that's, solid. That's 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 really good for for a third-line player. You know, that's that's what you want. That's the type of production you want from a third-line player. Listen, if we add. Marcus Johansson, and our third line is Johansson, Hedl, uh, uh, Vetrano. Yeah, I think I think this team can actually survive the first round in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm feeling far more comfortable if the Rangers just continue to add more depth moves. Yeah. And again, it's going to be exciting, interesting to see what happens. You know, who knows? Maybe they'll do something later today after we re- record, or of course within the next couple of days. By time we talk, would have been the first time, right? Would have been. Yeah, the first exactly. Time. Um, by the time we talk next, obviously the Rangers would have more than likely at least made more moves. So depending on our schedules, we'll try to address it as quick as we can. Uh, but at the absolute worst, we'll address it probably uh, when we, as of now, plan to come back, which I would assume right now is probably around the 23rd after four games for the Rangers like we normally do. Um, but yeah, I don't really think there's anything more that needs to touch on uh, for the Rangers. I'm um, excited to see what they're going to do. Deadline wise, and just one, um, just one thing we before there. we before we go into the number fifty, uh, and to end this recording, um, I haven't touched on this yet, but Chris Kreider's goal scoring numbers, go ahead uh, today, um, thirty nine goals in sixty games played. Um, after sixty games, he ranks first in power play goals with twenty in Rangers history. He ranks fifth in goals with thirty nine in Rangers history. Wow. And he's only two goals away from tying Steve Vickers' record for goals by a Rangers draft pick for this team with 41. And he has 22 games to get it. He does only have 22 games to get it. I think, you know, I I said, I'm almost certain I said to you that Kreider will finish the season with, what, 45 goals? I think that was my prediction. You know, I, I can definitely see him. Getting there, maybe even more. I mean, if he, he has- if he goes one goal for two every two games, he hits fifty. 
Yeah, that'd be awesome. Hopefully, he doesn't cool. go on a complete cold streak. Either way, regardless, Listen, we've, we've, been, we've been talking about a Kreider cold streak all season. It's it's not going to happen, man. No, I mean not not nearly to the extent that we've seen previously in his career. No. He, this is just this is Kreider's breakout year in so many ways, and yeah. it, it, we can't begin to say how impressed we are and how happy we are for him, especially um, just showing like he's always been that lethal killer with the net front yeah. presence. He's always he's always been in the NHL's elite in that category, especially with his you know deflections, you know his tippins. But mm -hmm. things have just taken new heights this year. So I, again, can't begin to say how happy I am, not just for him, but obviously for us Ranger fans to see that kind of production from him and his what age, how old is Kreider now? Age 30 season. Age I was 31? born in 91. So, and he was born in April, I think, because what I remember is that Zibanej, Kreider and Butch Nevers were all born in the same month. Um, okay. So he's turning 31, I think. Let me double check. I just want to make sure. Yeah. He's turning 31. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Shout out to Crides. We, we we hype up Crides every single episode, but there's been no reason to not do anything else, right? It's been the Crider show. You know, it's his world. We're just living in it this season. Um, it is. It is. Look, okay. and, and honestly, the Rangers have some amazing numbers this season. Uh, you know, Crider, 39 goals, of course. But also, let's, 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 let's not forget Panarin, 71 points in 55 games now. Yeah. Very sneaky. He... Over the past couple of games, he's he stood out. You know, Panarin yeah. over the past uh, four games has ten points, one goal, nine assists. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's been very sneaky, and so has Fox a little bit too. Fox again, six points in his past four, uh, two goals, four assists, and Mika. Yeah. The goal scoring continues for him with Zibanejad you know, and Fox both on sixty-one. Yep, and and Mika has three goals and one assist over his past four. So yeah, yeah he he's been doing a very good job. It's, it's we awesome might finish the season with five players hitting fifty points or more. That's a big deal for a Rangers team that that I famously remember, you know, especially in my early years as a Rangers fan, where the most they would max out a season, you know, was around you know 59, 50, 61. Yeah. yeah, 61. Yep. Still got yeah. twenty plus games to go. So yeah, yeah. It's Strom only needs feeling. seven points to hit fifty. So yeah, he'll get there. Yeah, Strom yeah. Strom's had a good season. Um, mm -hmm. hasn't had anything drastic, but he's he's giving us exactly what we normally expect yeah. from him. Um, exactly. Okay, so let's get into the upcoming four games for the Rangers uh, before we get on to the number 50 in its history and our predictions. Um, but, yeah, big game starting tonight. I know that most of you guys are listening to this podcast already know the outcome of, a, of at least the Islanders game. Um, so if you guys still listen to the entire thing, we do appreciate it. I know that's not always the most appealing for viewers, fans, um, when it's the same day of a game that we do recording. We try to avoid it. Just things have been so hectic lately, especially with me with baseball back because uh, that is what I do mainly. I mean, it's just been endless, endless. Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was because of me flying to the other side of the world. But okay. Well, that too. That too. But I, it go. It goes directly in hand. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, we yeah. Should've, we should have done a recording. Uh, I. I was trying, hoping that mm -hmm. we would do it before the Anaheim game, but it just didn't work out. Yeah. But that's fine. Regardless, Islanders tonight, and then we have uh, Saturday in Tampa. Then we have it's a back to back. This is going to be tough as hell. Back to back in Tampa, and then in Carolina on the twentieth. And then the final game before we assume we speak again is against the Devils uh, on the 22nd away, too. So big, big games for the Rangers coming up. Those This weekend scares me. <laughs> it does scare me a little bit, especially against Carolina, because that's a team that, again, has just had our, had our, um, had the upper hand on us so many times. Tampa, uh, I'm curious to see how that's going to work out. But out of these four games, I mean, 
I don't know who won the belt between us two because we, we did things differently. I'd have to look that up when I'm back because the notes it, are it's like not, my Yeah, it's not a big deal. I'll write it down for this time. Um, but I, I, I'll do my – I'll predict first just for the sake of doing it because I think you did it last. Um, so out of these four games, I, my prediction for the Rangers record, I'm going to go with – I'm going. Uh, I'm going to go with two, zero and one, for this. Two zero and one for a four game prediction. No, because I can't count. Give me one second. <laughs> two, <laughs> two one and one is what I'm going to go with. Um, so what? What's yours, Stephen? I was going to go two one and one. So you stole that from me. Um, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go two and two. And you're gonna go two and two, okay? I shouldn't and... have said anything. I should have just let you ride down. Yeah, you should have. Oh, and one. I should have. I should have just shut up. I should have shut my mouth. <laughs> um, okay. Out of these games, I think the Rangers are going to score twelve goals. Oh. I'm gonna yeah. go eleven. Okay. All right. The only reason why I picked potentially the over there is, you know, averaging three goals per game is because of just how high scoring these games have been overall lately. Even though yeah. that, yes, they only scored two apiece in the Minnesota and St. Louis games, the offense is just picking up overall right now. Yeah. So I'm yeah. going to say. And, and know, if Trocha clicks with his team, that's that's the wild card here, man. <laughs> Vitrano. <laughs> Sorry, Vitrano. Oh my You got I, the wrong former Panther. We're all I over was the place. so afraid I was gonna make this mistake because I for some <laughs> reason I always mix up Trocek and Vitrano. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know why. Oh oh pro- probably maybe because of Vinny and Vitrano. Yeah, yeah, that's maybe. I don't know. That's the only thing. weird. Uh, and weird. for and and again, both former Panthers. I get it. Yeah, I do. Um anyway. But, Okay, so let's get before into we it. get into the number fifty. I do okay. want to raise a little awareness. I am doing a giveaway on Twitter this weekend. Um, okay, I tweeted about it yesterday. But before the Anaheim Ducks game, I was lucky enough to, for the first time in my life, actually meet Henrik Lundqvist, and he was so kind to uh, sign a two thousand draft puck for me. That's fair. When did this happen? Because I feel like I remember this. This was uh, before the Ducks game, so Tuesday. Oh, okay. So this literally just happened. I didn't yeah. know that you met Hank. My goodness. Well, I, I, I had an opportunity to take a picture with him back in Nashville in 2019. Oh, I know. It didn't happen, unfortunately. He only had time for one photo, so I let my fiance go first, and I have not let her hear the end of it. So I got my opportunity to get a picture with him, and he signed a puck. Uh, so I'm doing a giveaway on Twitter. Check out my Twitter account for more info. It should be there. Yeah, that's going to be at Stapway under, underscore Steven. We have it, obviously, if you guys are watching on YouTube especially, uh, to yeah. check it out. But w- was there was there a glow around him when you went up to him? Because naturally, when you go to a man that majestic, there has to be some type of – something has to be happening. <sighs> like, it's, it's like it's like it's like meeting literally royalty. It's like meeting royalty. Yeah, it's, right? It, it, it's something else. I, he, I've never, I've never met Hank. Car. I hope it's I like won at some point. Like a movie star. Yeah. You know, the guy oozes sex. It's crazy. <laughs> he do, it, does, it doesn't matter, you know, what you normally are interested in. It could be I, guy, I say girl, that, I say you know, that does, animal. Man. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I say that as a straight man, Henrik Lundqvist oozes sex. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Yes. But I, always, he was... I always would have the joke with uh, 
with my with my friends and my brother it's like it's like if there if, if there ever needs to be a pass to change my sexuality henrik lundquist is always that exception <laughs> it's, it's always him it's always him <laughs> okay this is gonna go in the wrong direction now but i think, no. I think this is universally agreed upon though oh like, no no i mean there's no argument the there, but no but he was super nice you know he took his time to take a picture and you know is he he was he was he was he, he's the king you know both both as a player and as a person he's perfection well i'm if very I, happy I, that you got to meet him yeah. It was it was overdue for sure. I'm yeah. glad he got the puck, especially his draft puck too. That's pretty sick. So yeah, it's yeah. a draft puck from from 2000. So he, he was pretty. Uh, he was he was he was smiling when he saw that puck. It's like oh wow, I haven't seen this in a long time. So that's sick. Love that. Um, anyway, okay. number fifty. Can you tell me how many Rangers in history have had the number fifty? Only one. Oh, okay. Then that's easy. It's 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 your boy. It's your boy. <laughs> it's your boy, Leah Anderson. Uh, yeah, I was yeah, thinking Leas. that maybe there was potentially a goaltender that was, but that that was the no. only thing that. Yeah, Leas in, in official right. games, you know, we're not talking preseason because you know they're playing. Will Cooley wears number fifty in preseason, for instance. Yeah. Uh, but in official games, number fifty has only been worn once by Leah Anderson, the seventh overall pick of the twenty seventeen draft, who now plays for the LA Kings. Yeah. Okay. I mean, look, I'm I'm happy. I'm glad we're back. I'm I'm excited to talk again. Hopefully, next time we talk again, we got some fun moves. You know, nothing that again is gonna maybe make us a little upset based look, on what we yeah. gave up. But I'll, I'll, I, I, I will repeat. To happen. I will repeat the names that I'd be happy with, like Johansson. Maybe Raquel might be a little bit more expensive than than a guy like Marcus Johansson, but Rickard Raquel, uh, Hampus Lindholm for a second, and Robertson, I'd be totally on board with. Uh, Phil Kessel for fourth. You know we don't have to retain any salary, so that that drops the price a little bit for us. I hope. Uh, but stay away from, stay away from the big pieces at the deadline, please. Don't trade away your first round pick. Don't trade away your top prospects. Keep them. That's 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 all I want. Agreed, hundred percent. So right. that's gonna wrap things up for Rangers review, guys. This was a lot of fun. Again, very excited to be back talking Rangers hockey. And I'm looking forward to the next episode. As always, as of now, it'll be four games from now. Um, again, that is subject to change, unfortunately. But hopefully, as of now, it'll be a four games from now. So, guys, thank you guys so much again for listening, watching, uh, wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a great review if you guys enjoyed the pod somehow, some way. And on YouTube as well, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already at Rangers Review. Uh, more great stuff coming here um, for the Rangers Review. Guys, myself, Wardy, and Sapoy Steven, that'll do it. Thank you guys so much. And, Steven, any final words before we get out of here? Happy St. Patrick's Day and let's go Rangers. Happy St. Pat's. Let's go Rangers. Peace out, guys.